Uh, here at New Mercy, we've also moved offering online. So if you do have physical gifts and tithes to give, there is a box at the welcoming table. If not, you can always give through the website newmercy.cc. So at this time, I want to pray for our tithes and offering. Let us pray. Lord, how amazing are you that you always are there for us. Um, whether we turn away from you or we think that you're gone away from us, we think that we lost your favor, you once again remind us that you always loved us and you always love us and you will always be there for us. So Lord, we just pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you for who you are, a God who continually shows mercy in our lives every morning. Lord, we come before you with offering and tithes, knowing that this is our commandment to follow so that this offering and tithes may be used through this church, New Mercy, to do your mission, to do your will. So please give the leadership of this church and the congregation and members wisdom so that we may be able to use the funds to be able to further your kingdom and share your message of love throughout the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of John 8, verse 1 through 11. John 8, 1 through 11. You can look along with me in your phones, in the bulletin, or you can look above in the screen or in your Bibles. John 8, 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before in the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the women still standing there. Jesus straightened up, up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is the word of God. Amen. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Again, welcome to our winter vacation home. Um, Vacation message is only three pages. Praise the Lord. Just kidding. But if you are uh, visiting or new to our church, we want to extend a warm welcome uh, for those who are visiting or here for the first time. Uh, my name is Wonjay Hudson, and today I get the privilege of uh, sharing the Word of God. Um, we have been going through a sermon series called Jesus and His Relationships, and I have been looking at different ways Jesus ministers or encounters or relates with people, different types of people. 
so we talked about honor, uh, how Jesus honors people and how Jesus deals with uh, difficult, challenging people, even enemies, uh, and the concept of compassion and how his heart is really for people, his passion is people, and one night we're going on and on. We have three more weeks to go. Um, for me today, I want to focus on just one theme, and one theme, and the theme is actually mercy. The theme is mercy. So with that, can we pray, if we may, one more time? Let's just really ask the Lord. I know it's a little cold outside, and um, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know, it's a weird feeling day. Uh, but may the Lord, may the warmth of the Lord, may, may his grace again uh, just come over us. So if we can, uh, just, let's just spend a moment in prayer, asking the Lord, really fully inviting in, God, uh, grace us with your presence here in our community. Uh, Jesus, speak to us today, this morning. Uh, just let's really ask the Lord. Father, come before you. Lord, uh, thanking you, first and foremost, for this community. And even this morning, we can gather freely to worship you. Uh, Father, you know where we are. You know our desperate need and our hunger and our issues and problems and the season that we're in, Jesus. And you come and you always address us personally. So, Lord, this morning we, we, we pray for that personal touch. As throughout the throughout scriptures, you met and encountered people very uniquely, very specifically, Father. So we pray again, Holy Spirit, will you move among us? And will you, again, grace us, God, open our hearts, uh, give us hunger, give us hunger and desire to uh, want you, more of you, Father, uh, this morning. So we thank you, be with the preaching of the word, and we love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hate getting uh, ripped off. I don't know who does, anybody does, but especially say I'm in a car dealership or something or making deals or transactions or uh, even just simply shopping. You know, I love CVS. You guys know, right? I know CVS, and I'm, like, double-checking my receipt. Did I get that two-for-one deal? You know, whatever. Uh, but I, I guess at the end of the day, um, I was thinking about this. You know, what is it? Why does it bother me so much? And I think it's I want to make sure, right, uh, I get what I deserve. Am I properly getting what I, what I am supposed to get, right? Or people cheating me or ripping me off. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a bad, bad feeling uh, when you... When you when you find yourself or when you feel like you're not actually receiving what you are supposed to receive. Uh, it's funny because this past week I was on a trip uh, with some of my old seminary friends. So we, I've been, I started seminary in 96, so over 20 years ago. And uh, some of our friends, we made a pact actually last year to take at least a few days off every year. We made a commitment to go away. So last year we started. And this year, again, even though we didn't feel like it, we're like, hey, let's do it. So we went away. Uh, talk about getting ripped off. So we drove down to the Jersey Shore. I had no idea it was so close, freezing, nothing open. So there are four guys just wandering around, and we're just talking the whole time and, and eating. So eating was awesome. Eating was fun. Um, we found a restaurant, and we went in. It was lunch, and, um, and the sign, the lunch special sign says, Swordfish Sandwich, $6.99, right? It's a pretty good deal, right? Lunch, lunch special. So I was like, well, yeah, this is the place. So we're eating. And it was great. And the waitress, nice lady, she comes and she's like, oh, do you want curly fries with that or, or uh, sweet potato fries? I'm like, yeah, sweet potato fries. Wow, awesome deal. So we're eating and we're having a great time. Then we're leaving. We get a check and it comes out to 15,000 person. Like, what? There's six nine, a swordfish. So we look at it. Swordfish sandwich, 69 fries, $6. Right? I was like, what? So I, was, I went back to the lunch special and he looked at it. It's like no mention of fries. I mean, she was so slick. She was like, do you want fries? You know, what kind of fries? Do you want? I had no idea of fries. Anyways, just the feeling of kind of, you know, being taken advantage of. 
Um, and making sure that we are, I guess, properly receiving or getting that what we're supposed to deserve. And I think that's just, just fleshly natural for, for all of us. Part of it, I think, is almost justice. You know, like, I want justice. I want, I want fairness, right? Uh, but I think sometimes the, this, this kind of becomes an issue because not only this is how we feel about ourselves and that we should receive something proper, but that's how we feel about others. Not only for myself, but I want definitely others to get exactly what they deserve, right? Good or bad. I don't know about you, but we want fairness. Again, we want justice. So when there's someone commits sin or something, does something bad or we hear all the broken, evil stories around the world, we want that person to get punished because that's what they deserve. That's what they did. What did they do? They did something terrible. Well, exactly, that's what you need to get, right? Punishment, justice. And I think that's kind of naturally how we function. That's why I think spiritual themes or concepts like grace, right, like forgiveness, like compassion and kindness, these type of things are challenging and difficult. Today, the one thing that I want to look at is, is this, this theme of mercy. Okay, mercy. Uh, and the passage that we're looking at is John 8, 1 through 11. Very familiar passage. Many, many times. I know there's a little controversy behind this text. I'm not going to get into too much of it. But basically what it is is most of the early manuscripts of the Bible, Scripture, in the original, that they do not include this story. Okay, so, do we, you know, there are a lot of Greek original copies everywhere. Not the original, original. We don't have any of those. But earlier manuscripts of the Bible everywhere. And Matthew 8, this story is not there. For a lot of the earlier ones. But still, as most scholars and commentators, and uh, personally I am of that conviction that still this story or this tradition has been coming down orally, and it has been part of the Christian church for a long time. And I don't think people doubt that we can, with affirmation, confer or have faith that this was part of Jesus' narrative, right? So, so I'm just going to stop there. So meaning I believe that this is also scripture, okay? The story goes, as we know, woman is caught in the act of adultery. And somehow they, they find her, they drag her to the temple courts where Jesus was teaching in front of everybody. She's standing, and she is publicly shamed. And with this woman, to this woman, they ask Jesus, Jesus, what should we do? In the law, in the Old Testament, the penalty for this, what she deserved, is stoning, is death. And it's very clear. And Jesus, you know, you guys know the story, she stoops down, he's like writing something on the ground, and the people are asking, what is he writing? Um, then after a while, Jesus tells the people, those who have no sin, be the first to stone her. Then he says, one by one, they went away. Oldest first. Right? It clicks. Oh, brilliant. Just Jesus is amazing, his response. response. Um, the way that I want to look at this is, uh, for me, I've been actually thinking through mercy a lot. What is mercy? I know we know grace. We talk about grace a lot. Uh, uh, but yet, technically, grace and mercy, similar, although very similar, but different. In the Greek, uh, mercy is uh, charis. There's a different word. Uh, grace is charis, and mercy is elios, right? two different words. Uh, someone actually said that mercy is more like the baseline of, how, of the character of God, how God functions, and grace is, is the active agent. Right? Uh, another way... 
we could look at this is traditionally in Sunday school, for instance, people teach grace is uh, receiving something that we do not deserve. Okay? So, for instance, you take a test and you get an 80 and teacher goes, oh, I love you and A plus. Okay? Whoa. That's grace. Okay? I don't know who does that. But uh, that's, that's grace. Giving something, showing. That's why we use words like favor of God. Grace is favor. Grace is gift. Grace is uh, God showing um, un, unmerited favor upon a person. That's grace. It's more of an active agent. Whereas mercy is not getting what you're supposed to get. So it's the other side of it. Okay? So you get a 50 and teacher goes, whoever gets grade uh, 50 and under, you have detention. Uh, then you get it, you get a 50. You're like, oh, okay, I have to go to detention. Because the law is already set. 50 under detention, so you're supposed to get detention. But the teacher comes and says, oh, 50, but you know what? It's okay. Go home today. That's mercy. Okay, that's mercy. So mercy is not getting what we're supposed to get. We deserve eternal separation because we're sinners. Okay, that's what we deserve. Technically, there are things that you are supposed to get because of your sin. But yet God chooses, God decides to show right, mercy over us, and he, he excuses us. Right? That's, that's the mercy of God. Uh, I, like this woman who's standing before people, sinful, clearly sinful, even caught in the act of sin, adultery. That's why she doesn't say anything, if you notice. She doesn't say anything. People are condemning her, but because she probably did it. She's standing there. I deserve it. And yet the mercy part is that right? she doesn't get what she deserves. So grace and mercy. The uh, Bible talks about mercy a lot uh, throughout, throughout the scripture. I'm just going to throw out just a couple of verses. Mercy, Exodus 34, 6, where Moses is encountering God, and God is describing who he is, the character of God, and he says, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and on and on. Uh, Psalm 145.89, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Ephesians 2.5, favorite famous verse, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we're dead in our transgressions, he made us alive in Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Again, rich mercy and grace, similar but distinct. Mercy is the baseline of character of God, how he kind of operates. Someone actually said this. I I really like this. Someone said, mercy is the quiet servant to grace's glory. Okay, mercy is the quiet servant, always kind of working in the background. Mercy is a quiet servant to grace's glory, right? Grace is, you know, always shiny, it's active, and it's it's favoritism. It's almost proactive, but mercy is in the background, uh, by the mercy of God, that God extends grace, okay, kind of thing. So, I just want to stop there. Too much Bible study this morning. So, with that, as we think about the theme of mercy and this passage, just three things today. Again, three things. Of personally, I've been com- I've been I've been uh, confronted here in this text. Number one, as we think about this passage, things that we learn about mercy. Sin is serious, yet in Jesus Christ, it's mercy that confronts the sin. Okay, sin is serious. But yet in Jesus Christ, it is mercy that confronts the sin. Number one, sin is serious. So when you study the Old Testament, adultery, this woman is caught in the act of adultery. Adulter- adultery was known as one of the top three sins in the Old Testament culture. Number one was idolatry. 
okay, had no idolatry. Number two was generally known as murder, right? When in the image of God were created, so when people take life. Then third was adultery, okay, top, top three things. Leviticus 2.20.10 actually does say in the law, if a man commits adultery with a wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to death. And Deuteronomy, again, it talks about when you commit adultery, you should be stoned. Uh, in the Mishnah, which is this uh, book that the Jews created, is a, is a compi- compiling of some of the practical laws. In the Mishnah, Mishnah actually says this. If you commit adultery, if you are caught, you are to die by strangulation in, uh, in a bed of poop, basically. Okay? Exactly. One of the translations says, a man to be enclosed in a dung up to his knees and a soft towel set around his neck, and people are to come and draw and pull in different directions until the man actually dies. So they put him in a dump, thing of poop and <laughs> strangulate you. I don't know why. When you meet the Lord, ask him, God, why the whole poop thing? I don't know, <laughs> whatever. But to the degree how God was very intentional and specific over this sin, uh, sin is serious. Especially sin of adultery is really serious. Because as we know in the Old Testament, God, the sin, the law was about God's holiness. It was about God's justice. This is part of who, God, who I am. I am holy, so be holy. So a lot of the laws are reflective of the character of God. This is how, how distant and how awesome and magnificent God is. That's why sin is treated seriously, and sin is to be dealt with seriously. So in this, in the, in, in the, as, as Jesus confronts this sin of adultery, uh, what the, how does Christ react? How does Christ relate to the sinner? And it is mercy that confronts the sin. But when we say mercy, a few things. Number one, when we say mercy confronting sin, it's not ignoring sin. Okay? It's not justifying the sin. It's not lessening the sin. Sin is fully acknowledged. Sin is sin. Okay? Sin is sin. That's why for us as Christians, when we, when we think about the mercies of God and the grace of God, what we're, kind of saying, what we're thinking through is it's not God just kind of like setting aside my sin and my brokenness and all the junk and the crap, but God fully acknowledging and knowing exactly what I have done and who I am. I am a sinner. Okay? And sin is not only just like brokenness and kind of disdain, but sin is sometimes what? Sin is also wicked. Sin is also evil. Sin is actually dirty. Okay? Fully acknowledging what that is, and yet God what? God comes and God forgives it. Clear difference. We have been forgiven by God. So the first thing is, whenever we see Jesus confronting broken people and sinners, in mercy, he forgives sin. In mercy, he confronts the sin, and as mercy confronts sin, the sin is forgiven. That's why, I mean, one of the most powerful kind of texts for me is this. John 8 here, and as Jesus is, is, is releasing this woman, verse 10, Jesus straightened up and asked the woman, where are they? All these people accusing her and chanting, stone her, stone her. And you could just kind of picture the scene. Has no one condemned you? Then Jesus, verse 11, says, no one, uh, she says, no one, sir. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now. And leave your life of sin. I, I completely understand exactly who you are and what you've done. I'm not excusing it or denying it or justifying it. Yes, you are a sinner. But I do not condemn you. I am pardoning you. 
I'm forgiving you. When mercy confronts sin, there's forgiveness. See, for the Pharisees, for the tax, you know, the the lawgivers of the land, for all these scholars and and, and the priests and the Pharisees and the religious leaders, when they confronted sin, sin, it was judgment. It was it was it was justice. The Old Testament, that's what it is. But Jesus comes into the scene, and the way that Jesus relates with sinners, first and foremost, is through his mercy, and in mercy there is there's forgiveness. You know, I mean for us, I want us to really think about that. You know, we, we're talking about this, these relationships and how uh, we are to relate with different people. Right? This whole year we're thinking about relationships, right? Uh, and as God relates to sinners in this way. I mean, throughout the Gospels, everywhere. Anytime when sinners are brought to the feet of Jesus Christ, his baseline just reaction is, is what? His compassion. It's, it's mercy. It's kindness. It's not you get what you deserve. Right? But it's kindness, it's mercy. And I think we are, we are to be challenged uh, how, um, how we respond uh, in that area of mercy. Okay, number, that's number one. Number one, sin is serious. Scripture says sin is serious, but yet in Jesus Christ, it is mercy that confronts the sin. Number two, mercy is covering. Mercy is covering. I think today's world, we are into what? We are into exposing. Okay? Ex- ex- exposure. So today this woman is, is caught in the act of adultery, and what's at the heart of these people, the Pharisees and the, and the lawgivers, are to drag this woman out and to confront the sin. And we want justice. We want Jesus to what? Expose the sin. She was caught in the act of adultery. And then Leviticus, it says to take her out and the husband and the, and the guy and to stone them. It's exposure. It's shame. It's, it's public shaming. It's, it's exposing the guilt and the, and the reality of sin. But in mercy, Jesus comes and for me, I, you know, I was really con- uh, kind of touched by, by this as I was kind of meditating on this. Is I think there is a real s- warm kind of dimension of mercy, compassion that God shows, Jesus shows, and that's the covering of sin. Mercy covers, whereas justice or whereas the Pharisees wants to, want to expose you know, when I was younger, uh, coming back to America, so I was born in Korea, came to America, went back, and came back again, seventh grade. Okay, it was, it was a mess. I had to learn everything, language, culture, and I hated it. And I was this very just shy, skinny, I was, okay. Wow, someone's laughing really loud. Okay, I was, and uh, came back, and I really had no, not many friends in this seventh grade, junior high school, coming back for the first time. I still remember it was health class. And back then, you know, the, like health class, you had to make a poster, and it was about drugs. And back then, the whole thing was, don't do drugs. Or, I don't know. So we're making a poster, and the assignment was, you make a poster at home. And I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't even, I didn't speak English and stuff. So I was, like, trying to, like, draw something, write something, uh, drug poster. And uh, you're supposed to come to class and to do a short, like, you show it to the class, your poster. Okay? Then the health teacher will, will post all our posters around the room. So that was that health class, that, that class this season. So the day came, day comes, and uh, I'm there, and as I'm, <laughs> I'm about to go up, I noticed there's a huge spelling error. Because, you know, because I, I was like a father. Right? I was in ESL. 
I don't know what I spelled wrong. Drugs. Like, how do you misspell drugs? Anyways, I spelled something wrong. And it, was, it was glaring. It was like right there in big red letters. And I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed. I said, my turn's coming. That was what we call me like, right? And um, then I still remember I went up and my <coughs> seventh grade junior high health teacher, this, this, this nice man, I forget his name, he, he takes a peek my poster then he takes it and he just rolls it up just rolls it up and he just gives it and tells us you know Jay's gonna go next week Jay's coming Jay Jay's coming next week it's me (laughs) (laughs) Hudson's going next week he's gonna go next week I don't remember his name I don't remember anything else I was really embarrassed and I was like just but then I still remember I still remember what that felt like, being covered by somebody in my shame. I think mercy, well, not, you know, here in the story, what I see is woman is caught standing, probably half naked. She's caught in the act of adultery, half naked, standing in front of crowd. Everybody exposed shame, standing there. And Jesus, Scripture says what? He actually bends down and starts to write something on the ground. A lot of scholars uh, talk about this, and uh, a lot of commentary, they argue. You know, I read, what, you know, what's Jesus writing on the ground? And some say, oh, he's writing the Ten Commandments. He's writing, um, he's writing every sin of all the Pharisees because he knows everything. He's writing this and that and that. I re- even read some guys, like, Jesus is just trying to buy time. I was like, what? <laughs> like, it's God. Why does he need to buy time? I was like, oh, my, that, that commentary, you know, out of the window. It's like, so just trying to buy time. But for me, this week, it hit me. Uh, and, you know, I felt like what Jesus is doing is he's actually covering. I think he's putting the attention, taking it from, away from this lady and actually putting it on him. By, by literally physically bending down and writing on the ground. Now all the eyes of all the crowd, everybody's on this, on, on Christ, not on the woman. Even, even in that, I think he's extending its mercy. See, mercy is compassion. You know, mercy, you know what mercy is actually close to in, in Scripture? Mercy is close to kindness. Mercy is kindness. And he, Christ extends and he bends down. That's why I think the scripture, I think the Bible doesn't say what he's writing. I mean, if it was that important, right, he, it would be there. Like, yeah, he's writing Ten Commandments. Nothing. It doesn't tell us what he's writing, but it emphasizes that this, this posture change, he actually starts bending down as soon as the woman comes in. And now the attention goes to Christ and there is a sense of covering. Remember in Genesis, after Adam and Eve sinned. They're getting kicked out of the garden. Don't take the apple. It's not the apple, but don't take the fruit. You know, and shame comes. Exposure comes. They, so they start trying to hide. And Jesus calls, Adam, Adam, where are you? Because God knows something's changed. Now there's shame. And as they are getting even thrown out from the garden, God, the Father, as his last act of love and compassion, what does he do? He makes clothes. He takes that animal and he clothes them. I mean, one of the most just powerful passages in the Bible in Genesis 
the baseline of God is, is mercy. It's mercy. And could have exposed him in like whatever shame, exposure. Because why? Because we deserve it. Because she deserved it. She did it. She sinned. And nothing for her to say, to stand on. But yet Jesus Christ in his amazing compassion, his mercy comes and covers. In the scripture, Psalm 5, 7 says, But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In that verse, the sense I get is also mercy is like shelter. You know, mercy is shelter. That God in his mercy, he covers and he shelters and caresses and he protects. It's not just only forgiving kind of thing, like, like account settled. But there's warmth, right? There's warmth. I mean, for me, you know, I think that's, that's, that's what's more uh, powerful about the person of Jesus Christ. The more you look at him, it's not just like this and this and this and this, but he, it, it's, he's, so, he's so human in some sense. He genuinely loves people, and there's compassion, and there's, there's, there's mercy and kindness, and he wants to cover and um, right? That's at the heart of, heart of mercy. Okay, so mercy confronts sin, and in that there's forgiveness. And <clears throat> also mercy is about covering then last, uh, for us as mercy people, uh, we need to extend mercy. As mercy people, we need to extend mercy. Matthew 5, 7, uh, Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, he teaches us, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. And John Piper writes, uh, I, I think, I don't know if we're doing slides, but I think we have, might have this. The key to becoming a merciful person is to become a broken person. You get the power to show mercy from the real feeling in your heart that you owe everything and you are everything you are and have to share divine mercy. Uh, so the key to becoming a merciful person is becoming and understanding your brokenness. Brokenness. Uh, and the reason why we always kind of desire to expose and to confront is because perhaps we forget so quickly that we once also, we are the adulterer. We are just like that woman who caught in the act of active sin. And we deserve all shame and guilt and everything is exposed. And we forget how, so quickly that God came first and covered me, covered our sins first. That's why with that understanding of, of mercy, we, we need to go and also extend mercy. Remember that parable in, in the Bible uh, where this servant, you know, this guy owns this, this king million dollars. I mean, I'm just making a number, you know, millions of dollars. Great amount of, amount of money. Then the king in his compassion and mercy forgives the man. Then that same day as he's leaving and he, he confronts a servant under him who owed him like $100. Then what does he do? He goes crazy. He, he literally chokes him. He's like, give me my $100. And he, he says he puts him in prison because he wants to get back that $100 because cannot let go. Quickly forgetting how he received mercy for giving millions of dollars. And really, the contrast is intentional in that parable. I mean, for us, the Christians, uh, people, we, we, we are just like that man. Right? We have received mercy, this infinite mercy of God, which is also every morning, Scripture says. Mercies are new every morning. 
You know why mercies are new every morning? I know why for me, because I sin every morning. <laughs> because I'm wicked every day. That's why I need God's mercy to come out again every morning. Every day. Right? He's covering us every day. He's gracious every morning, every day. I mean, we do owe him millions of whatever dollars. And we have we are indebted. And yet with that now, we're our call is to go and in our relationships, although there are challenges and difficulties, uh, to 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 ponder and to really think through what does it mean for me to be like Christ-like, to extend mercy, to cover somebody, to forgive someone. And when we can't do it, we have to go to God and say, Lord, it's so hard, I can't do it. But I, again, I'm reminded that's what you did to me, for me. You cover me in my shame. So help me, Lord. Show mercy that I can extend. To end, um, so that lady, that waitress, let me go back to that waitress story, who ripped me off, <laughs> swordfish. Um, it's kind of funny because actually we uh, got to hear her story. Uh, you know, we're pastors, so uh, not that because we're pastors, but because one of our one of our friends, he's very evangelistic. He just talks to everybody. So he starts talking to this waitress, and we hear that she recently um, had her house burned down house burned down and uh she started like almost tearing up and um yeah and even though <laughs> we were angry okay we're angry um when we began to really see her and hear her story uh, there was the sense of just realness and compassion that started setting uh, and we ended up you know praying for her and just talking to her a little bit um but even from that short, just short, quick snapshot of an incident that we had, uh, we realized the depth, depth of this. How in everyday life there are so many opportunities that we can maybe take time to show mercy or to even to stand and pause and to begin to cover someone even a little bit. We're, we're still so much about exposure and what do we deserve? You know, black and white and justice. Those things are important. But yet, at the end of the day, for Christians, for people of God, we're people of Jesus Christ. Uh, God desires mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they also will be shown mercy in the Lord. So with that, we're going to pray. Uh, if we could just close today. And as we pray, let's, let's ask the Lord, you know, Lord, maybe just show me one person today. Just one person, one face. Um, and that we can maybe begin to pray over God, uh, give me courage, grant me uh, a heart of, a deeper heart of mercy that we can pray over. Uh, so if we could just spend a moment in prayer uh, asking the Lord uh, to come as he has covered us that we can also uh, extend uh, love over others. So let's take some time. Let's, let's take a quick time just to pray.
Father, you have led us this community this far, past eight years, under the vision to be a church for the broken. And Lord, uh, as we have received uh, just your mercy and grace, God, uh, we also know with our vision, Lord, there's just so many, so, so much brokenness still in us and outside of us and in our world today and with our neighbors. Father, it is our prayer, Lord, that not just conceptually or just, just head knowledge, Lord, these, these concepts of mercy and grace, but God, will you, will you help us to become uh, people that can really practice and obey to live a life of, of mercy, to extend mercy, Father. You teach us what it means to really cover someone, to show kindness and grace over others' lives. So Jesus, even now, we pray, Lord, that, uh, that you'll uh, grant us uh, maybe names or faces, uh, relationships that we, you desire us to heal. Um, so will you, will, you, will you show us, Father? Will you lead us uh, in prayer even this morning? So we pray as a community um, that we want to grow in this area, God, of extending mercy. So Lord, help us, challenge us, lead us.